You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 453. Don't just get so caught up on, I have to get this step before I move on to the next step. Like, just keep going, keep working at it, just fail forward. And, you know, like we say, massive imperfect action. Like, just keep after it and persevere. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. You're listening to another episode here on Wholesaling Inc. My name is Cody Hoffheim. I'll be hosting today's episode where we're going to be deep diving yet another case study around wholesaling real estate. Now, for those of you that are new to the podcast, wholesaling is just simply the art of finding a deeply discounted property that you can then turn for a huge profit. And there's multiple ways that you can exit on these deals so that you can realize the money. But the main focus here is if you can be a deal finder, if you can be out there finding those deeply discounted properties, you, my friend, can make a lot of money in real estate. And so that's what we're really going to be focusing on. We're going to have a case study live with us right now, how they were able to find an off-market, deeply discounted property and what they were able to do so they could make a huge profit. So today we have Andrew Williams with us. He's from North Canton, Ohio. And he's really been going at this like in his area since January of this year. So just a few months. And he's going to talk about a deal that he just recently did where it is game-changing. So you're not going to want to miss this. Grab a pad of paper, grab a pen, get ready to jot down some notes so that This allows you to know what action you can take today so you can get out there and start doing deals in real estate. So without any more saying, let's bring on Mr. Andrew Williams. Andrew, how the heck are you? I'm good, Cody. How are you doing? Doing well, my friend. I am uh, super excited to be here with you. Let's kind of just jump right into this and get going. Kind of give a little bit of background, what it is you, you do, what got you into real estate in general, and then let's just get right into the meat and potatoes. Sure. So I live here in North Canton, Ohio. I have a full-time W-2 job. I do accounting work for a government contractor and really just looking to get out of that. <laughs> would yeah, yeah, rather, we're looking to be done. Yeah. <laughs> and sooner rather than later. So, you know, just really would like, I mean, I can, I can do the work. My company's been, been very good. They treated me very well. Uh-huh. Um, it's provided well for my family, but I just don't really enjoy it. And so I'm really looking to get into something, something else, something that provides, you know, more financial freedom, more time freedom, uh, more opportunities for my family and I, and would really just like to kind of expand and and go in a different direction. And, you know, red, rich dad, poor dad, I think kind of like a lot of other people and, you know, really kind of got the real estate bug. And uh, my dad has had some rental properties and still does. And so just really kind of saw real estate as an opportunity to kind of, you know, to make that work. And I found Wholesaling Inc., did some research and joined up. So I love it, man. Well, there you go, guys. This is the background. What I want you to understand when you're listening to Andrew speak today is 
Andrew's going to share things that are probably going to be just reality for many of us. Here he is working a nine to five. And now this may not be the case for everyone, but he's like, he's looking at it already thinking, how do I at some point leave corporate America and be able to do this full time, which I think is awesome. But maybe some of you are thinking the exact same thing. You have a job, but maybe you're looking to get into real estate full time. So maybe you'll find some just things that will resonate with you during this podcast, which I hope you do. So let's break down now, Andrew, what it is you did to find your deal. Let's go right to it. Tell them what you were doing and like what you're typically doing. I guess we were talking beforehand. We talk about, just for those to kind of give some, some background to this, how you have to have a cash buyers list. There's people on the sidelines that want to buy these deals from you when you find these off-market deals at 40, 50, 60 cents on the dollar. You need to have cash buyers that are being like, yes, I want this deal. That's part of how you can exit on these deals. And so tell them the process you were doing to come across this deal. So, you know, that's probably one of the very first you know, first lessons, first modules in the that we go over in the tribe is, hey, start building up your cash buyers list, like start building that network. So, so they can kind of get some contents. How big of a cash buyers list are you supposed to have? Like, what's a good number to have so that if people are listening, they're like, okay, I need cash buyers. How many should I have on my list? Yeah. So I think the goal that, you know, we kind of, the bar is 150. And obviously though, I would say the more, the better. And I'm, you know, pretty new, but I would say, don't ever be satisfied with where your list is. Keep adding, keep adding, and keep adding. Because the more buyers you have, the more competition you have for your deals, which is going to make your assignment fees go up. So, 100%. So that's what I was doing when I was actually came across. I came across this guy last October, November. I was working on building. I'd pulled a list from ListSource, and I was just cold calling it and then trying to find buyers. And I came across this guy. And he was like, well, I'm not actually looking to buy, but I have one I'm looking to sell. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, well, I have like, I don't know. I think I maybe had 20 or 30 buyers on my list at that point. And I'm like, well, you know, I'll go see this guy. Um, I actually called Steve Lee, who's over in yeah, Dayton, yeah. I think. So shout out yeah. to him for some help and advice that he gave me. Appreciate that. I want to slow this down for two seconds. I think this is killer. Here we are. We're building a cash buyers list. You're just sitting there doing exactly what you need to do. I'm building a cash buyers list. And you're 30 cash buyers in. You call a cash buyer and find out that this cash buyer sounds like now a motivated seller. And you're just like, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. Exactly. I haven't come to these modules yet. I'm just supposed to build a cash buyers list. Like, what, what the heck's going on? Yep. I want you to walk people through this because I think what you're doing is so good. All you are doing is just taking imperfect action. You had no idea what you're going to do. You had no idea the outcome that was going to be by building a cash buyers list. Like you had no clue of this. All of a sudden you get this curveball thrown at you. You have an individual that's now not a uh, cash buyer. He's now a motivated seller. And at this point, you probably didn't even have much experience to no experience on, oh no, like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. What do you do? How were you able to navigate through this? Because I think there's some gold sitting in this story that people could listen to because I think too many times we build a perfect plan realizing there is no perfect plan. You just take imperfect action. So kind of walk us through that and some of the feelings you were going through. Oh no, it was definitely a curveball. And I was just like, okay, well, like, do you think I could come take a look at it? And he's like, yeah, sure. 
I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was like, I have no Do idea you, like, what I'm doing. Frantically and start looking through the whole course. Like what video can I hurry watch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, I'm jumping ahead like a week here and like, okay, where do I go? And what do I say? And so I scheduled a time with him and I actually called Steve and I was like, Hey, what do I do? And he gave me some pointers. So I went out and I met with him miserable day, pouring down the rain, cold, this was a, a house that he had purchased earlier last year and he was renting it. And there was a guy that was getting ready to move into it. So the tenants were there. We went out, he gave me a tour of the house and we just kind of talked. We went out in the, it had a detached garage and we probably just went out, you know, afterwards and spent 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes just talking, you know, building some rapport with him. He was like, hey, do you want to go talk numbers? So we we drove to a McDonald's and just sat. <laughs> we went in and sat down and we just kind of started talking. And he was kind of pressing me for what my offer was going to be. And I really had, I mean, I had no knowledge of like that. I area. say, did you have any clue at all what you're like? Were you like, oh, no. I know that these homes sell for X amount of dollars, so I can only offer this now? Or are you just like, no, I have no idea, so I'm just going to just throw out a number? I had no idea. I had seen on Zillow where he'd purchased it for 69 or 70 if memory serves me correctly. So I knew. And at the time, the market obviously was different than what it is right now. So I offered him 50 for it. And he was like, no, I can't. I can't take that kind of hit on it. I was just like, okay. I mean, I didn't really have an answer to his objection. I mean, he was just ready to sell it. And, you know, <laughs> Here's but the he thing wasn't... I love. Like, there's so much good here that I have to point out. First and foremost, you knew on Zillow, he bought it for more than you made the offer. I think this is crucial. So many times when new people are getting into this, they feel like, oh, this guy would never sell at a discount more than what he bought it for. So I'm just going to offer him the 69 that he spent. And you did it. You just said, eh, 50. You just anchored a low price. You threw it down there. And he was like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. There's so much value in what you just shared because I don't think naturally people will want to do that. Naturally, people are like scared to go low or to say a price. And it's like, you just did it. Now keep going. He says, no, that doesn't work. Did you just start bending your price or did you just like hold firm? Yeah, I just was like, okay. I mean, I didn't really... I didn't counter with a higher number because, you know, I really didn't know what an investor was going to pay for it. I mean, I really had no idea what the property was actually worth other than I saw he had paid about 70 for it and I was offering him 50. So he said, that's not going to work. And I said, okay. And we let, I mean, we were maybe in McDonald's five minutes and I left. <laughs> um, and I just said, okay, well, if something changes, you know, give me a call. And so I think I followed up with him probably twice. I just okay. called and left a message. He never called back or anything. And so, and again, this was last October, November. I mean, this was like six months ago. Yep. And so I never thought anything of it. And then out of the blue, my phone rings and I answer it and it's him. And this was in like end of April, mid April this year. And he calls me up and he says, Hey, this is Bruce. You know, were you still interested in maybe coming to take a look at my house? I've basically what had happened was when the whole COVID nineteen thing hit. Uh huh. He had some health complications and was, for lack of a better term, basically just kind of on on home confinement due to his yeah. health issues. Yeah. And what had happened was he had signed a lease with a tenant. The tenant had left, 
and some of the tenant's friends had moved in. So the tenant left the beginning of December. So for December, January, February, March, and April, he had not received any rent money for the property. And there were people there and they were paying, they had managed to keep to scrape enough money together to pay the utilities. So, but they weren't working and they were just living in the house rent free. Wow. And so things changed drastically, not just health, but then all of a sudden, he has tenants that aren't doing anything. So correct. Okay. Okay. So he says, I need to sell this. He's like, I I need it gone. And I said, okay. So I, he put me in contact with, he actually talked with the tenants and told them I was going to become taking a look at the property. So I went back, went through the house again, took some pictures and, you know, we had some conversation, but long story short, I said, i you know, there's a real big problem is people don't want to buy a house with people living in it that aren't paying rent. I said, that's a problem. You know, that's going to be a really big deal. Yep. And I said, no one's really going to want to take on that responsibility. It used to be a duplex and it was now he was using it just as like a single family. But if you had done some modifications to it, it could have been a duplex. But there uh-huh. was a washer and dryer hookup on the second floor that had leaked into the kitchen below. So wow. there was a water leak. There was an above ground pool in the back, and this is in the city of, you know, this is in the city. So there's a real small yard. The pool basically took up the whole backyard, but it was just old and nasty and wall to wall pool, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, and it just needed, I mean, it needed drained and hauled out of there. It was in bad shape. Yep. But so a lot of deferred maintenance was done to the property. I mean, structurally it was good, but like there was the leak, and then there the floor needed re redone and just some other stuff so it needed a fair amount of yeah of work yep. and anyway we came to terms i offered him twenty thousand, and he accepted so the first time was at 50 yep three four five months later he comes back needs to sell you get it at twenty thousand. correct holy cow so i want to point out just one thing to those listening things change Mm-hmm. We have people that we call and they're like, nope, 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 doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work. And time can change that. So I want you to understand if you're someone that's already like in the business and you're listening to this podcast, you're like, what can I pull from this? The biggest gold nugget that you could pull from this as of this moment is the fact that follow up, follow up, follow up because things change. This would be something that I would tell each one of you to do is look at your current database, look at your CRM, and I would do a follow-up blast with anyone and everyone you've talked to in the past six months because things changed and things changed drastically. And there's people that need your help. There are people that are in a situation where they could use an honest, good, heart, sincere individual to come and help them out and be a solution or at least attempt to be that solution. And this is a perfect example of what Andrew's sharing here is he went out there, made an offer, things changed over six months. He followed up a couple times, gets in contact, and things changed drastically to where he just needed to get rid of it. You get the home under contract. So now we're to speed. What did you do from here? So I got it under contract and I went, I got more pictures and I put my, which I'm like, okay, well now what do I do? I had to send this out to my buyers. 
Well, then I had to figure out, so I had to go to MailChimp and set that up. And I had to put, you know, description of the property and I had to put the pictures on Google Drive and create a link so that people could go on and look at the pictures and get that sent out. Well, I sent it out. I actually talked to one of my cash buyers and I said, Hey, I have this property. Like, do you think you might be interested in it? And he was like, yeah, maybe. So I sent it out. Well, I only had two people respond. So I sent it out at Uh 37,500 because I did some, you know, at this point I had done like the ARV for this was like 80 to 90, depending on So ARV meaning after repair value, once it's all fixed up, 80 to 90,000. Yeah. Okay. So if someone were going to, you know, buy it, but it was definitely a rental like type property. It wasn't really a a candidate for like a flip, but definitely like a rental. And so I put it out for 37.5. I only had two people respond to it and they told me, well, I'm not interested at that price, but if you don't get any offers, let me know. So I'm like, crap. And (laughs) this isn't good. So I sent it out, I think on like a Wednesday, I had an open house scheduled on Saturday. I had like a two hour window period an inspection period. And I Uh said, okay, this is when you can come take a look at it. So Thursday and Friday, I am like scrambling. I'm like, I need more cash buyers. Like I'm not going to move this deal. Yeah. I'm going to be stuck with this. Well, Friday morning, literally like five in the morning, I'm down here in my basement trying to find cash buyers. And I call this lady who lives, you know, probably within an hour of here. And I said, Hey, I'm a wholesaler. I live in North Canton. I have a property under contract. You think you might be interested in buying? She said, well, no, but my sister actually might be interested. She lives out of state. I said, okay, well, I'm having an open house tomorrow. You know, if you'd like, you're welcome to come. She's like, okay. So I sent her the information and she said, my sister is not going to be able to come, but my husband and I are going to come. So this is the day before the open house or the inspection. Yep. So Saturday comes and I had her and her husband Another guy, he and his partner came and they do, they were looking for a fix and flip. And then I had another guy that came that owns a bunch of rentals in the area. And then I had another guy and his partner and they said, no, it's not for us. So the one guy that came and looked ended up giving me an offer for 15. And I was like, oh, Oh, that's five under what I have. So I was like. So I told everybody, I said, send me your highest and best offer in the email. I said, the buyer is, you know, I need a $2,500, you know, non-refundable earnest money deposit. The buyer is going to pay the closing costs, like blah, blah, blah. The inspection was Saturday. And I said, send me your highest and best by like noon on Monday. Yep. Well, at like 10 o'clock that morning, the lady I talked to Friday, who said her sister was interested, said, we'd like to offer you 30500 and I was like, wow. praise the Lord. <laughs> wow. So you throw up these Hail Marys. Yet more gold nuggets to mention. Everyone listening to this, do not give up. Do not just simply cancel the contract. Work, 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 work through it. He was down his basement like throwing Hail Marys. I got to add cash buyers. I got to add cash buyers. Yeah, and exactly. He comes across <laughs> his cash buyer. This is phenomenal. So if I did the math right, you had it under contract at 20. You mm-hmm. sold it for thirty thousand five hundred, yep. where you were able to make ten thousand five hundred dollars. Is that correct? That is correct, bro. You know what's coming, right? Oh yeah, this is coming, Andrew. You ready? Yeah. All right. Woo! 
<laughs> there we go, man. You oh. get the victory bell rang for doing an incredible deal, an incredible job where you're able to serve this individual, but more importantly, persevere through this whole experience that you were able to just keep working, keep working, keep working. You mentioned a few things that I just want to follow up with that I thought was solid as well as you mentioned that there were other like tribe members, a community that you could reach out to. You had mm-hmm. Stephen Lee. And I yep. think that's crucial. The crucial is when you're like, oh man, what do I do? Sometimes that support system helps. And that's yep. another thing that I would say to anyone out there, whether you're part of the tribe or not, be part of a community that can buoy you up, support you, build you, and help you along the way. And I think that's what helps every one of us. And so you had so much value to give in this. And I know our time is short on this, but I do always first and foremost, want to congratulate you. That is so amazing. And second of all, this now went from faith to fact. It's now Mm -hmm. the point where you are like, I can do this. I've done this. It's like, I I know what it feels like. I've tasted it. It's going to give you so much more confidence. Do you feel like moving forward? It's like you are just immovable. You're like unshakable. Like you're just going to move forward and just crush it. Or what does your future look like for you? Yeah, no, I definitely have a lot more confidence at this point. I actually had to cancel a contract this past week. I have another deal that actually ended up falling through last week. But then I have another con. I have a property under contract that I'm going to have an an inspection for next week, and I think that's definitely going to be a good deal. And then I have another lead that I think could be even an even bigger deal than what I just did. So fantastic! Things are definitely moving forward. Well, that nine to five is going to be nervous when you get a phone call coming in soon saying, (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. That's fantastic. Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today and sharing your basically case study of what you did to do a deal. I always end the podcast with two questions. First is, what's a good book that you're reading right now that's just a game changer? So I feel like I'm kind of drinking out of a fire hose. So I'm (laughs) reading a book called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And it's just kind of about organization and setting priorities, getting things organized and how you can accomplish more with less stress. So that's what I'm going through. Awesome. And then last question, is there anything you do differently looking back, knowing what you know now? Yeah, I think I really got held up on that whole, I have to have 150 buyers before I do any kind of marketing really was, and I think you need to get buyers. Like I'm not, I don't want to minimize the importance of that, but I would probably work harder at that. But I would also probably take more action on trying to find a deal in the meantime as well. Like don't just get so caught up on, I have to get this step before I move on to the next step. Like, just keep going, keep working at it, just fail forward. And, you know, like we say, massive imperfect action, like just love it. keep after it and persevere. So I love it. I love it. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I appreciate your time. And I want you to get out there so that you can keep doing deals. And then maybe we'll have to do another recap and do another uh, podcast next time where we're updating on all the new deals that you're doing here in the near future. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, brother. Well, Rhino Nation, you just listened to an incredible podcast where Andrew just broke down the things that he did so he could get this deal. I hope you took notes and I hope you see within your own self the action you must take today so that you can get out there and do your first deal or your next deal. And if you need help, 
building your wholesaling business, head on over to wholesalinginc.com where you can book a strategy call with our team and begin to have the conversation and see if it is the right fit. And if so, we may just invite you to be part of this elite group so that you can just keep moving forward and accomplishing the goals that you want to accomplish and really make 2020 the year where things change drastically for you for the better. So thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Take care and we'll see each one of you on our next episode. Take care. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.